I'm Anthony. And I'm Allison. And, and we're, we're watching, watching Disney, Disney Channel. Channel. And we're watching is a podcast where we do critical analysis of Disney Channel original movies. I'm your host, Allison Azwara, a screenwriter and actor based in New York. And I'm Anthony Chan, an actor based in New York City. And this week, we're watching Motocross, written by Anne Austin and Douglas Sloan and directed by Steve Boyum. And it is actually loosely based on William Shakespeare's Twelfth Night. Did you know that? I did. Great. So it's like <laughs> she's the man, but it's the first she's the man. But it's the first she's the man, you're right. All right, so let's get into a brief little synopsis. This movie is about the Carson family. They own some sort of motorcycle <laughs> company. I don't think it's a company. Um, they have a team, though. They're yeah. into honest, motocross racing. And Andrea and Andrew, they're twins. and um, They're twins? Yes. Oh, I don't think I knew that. Yeah. Oh, what? First of all, who names their twins... The same name. Anyway. What are you talking about? Andrea? Andrew? That's not the same name. They both go by Andy, it seems. Anyway. Okay. That's so, true. we start off with this movie. We see that Andrea is a cheerleader and Andrew is a racer. Is he in high school? I guess so. Do they go to school? I don't really know. It's summer break, though. It is summer break. Yeah. Okay. I'm just like, how is he a professional racer? Because you can be, I guess. Like the Olympics? Uh, yeah. Right off the bat, we know that dad... Sucks. <laughs> ...doesn't give a shit about Andrea. She comes home with a cheerleading trophy. She's so excited. And dad is like, uh, cool, cute for you. And then she's like, go away. She is the dad. She goes... She says, <laughs> she says, go away. And so Andrew can, like, keep practicing racing around a track. I also don't know where they live. But they have this huge In the Southwest. Farm. I was trying to figure that out, too, yesterday. Oh, okay. They're from the Southwest. That I, makes sense. I was thinking Arizona. Okay, but yeah. But what's funny, I mean, we can get into this later, but, like, she talks, when she becomes a guy, she talks like a surfer. Yes, they, they all they do. They all do. But I think that's just, like, a 2000s kind of... Kind of way of talking. Kind of be a cool person talking. It was weird. But Southwest, for sure. All right, so the parents go away, and... Andrew and Andrea decide to have a little race. So they go around their track and shit gets weird and <laughs> Andrew like flies through a fence and breaks his leg. So then parents are very mad. So Andrew is supposed to be racing in this competition that would get them a sponsorship. So that is like the big thing they are working towards. And now that's ruined because he can't race anymore. So Andrea feels really responsible for this. Her dad is very mad about this again. So he's like, I'm going to go to Europe to try to find a new racer for their racing team because they need someone to participate in this competition. Don't know why there's no one else in the United States, but has to go yeah, to that Europe. Was, that was weird. <laughs> um, all right, so while he's gone, Andrea gets it in her head that this is her fault, and she is just as good a racer as her brother, so she wants to race for him. So she 
cuts all her hair off, dresses super butch. They do a little switcheroo thing, tries to um, go out to the competition, which they found out was moved up. So they're like, oh, no, dad's not going to be back in time with a racer. He hasn't found anyone yet. Also, fun fact, dad doesn't have a cell phone. They're like, oh, we can't reach him. He's in Europe. And then he left the hotel and there's no way to reach him. And Andrea's like, not even a telegram or FedEx. Did you catch that line? Yeah. <laughs> Yikes. A telegram. Anyway, so Andrea is going to try to sneak down to this race so she can uh, compete in place of her brother. But her mom catches her and her mom is like, no can do. But then mom, we find out, who seems to be living a very sad life, um, is like trying to live vicariously through her daughter, doesn't want her to give up on her dreams. So she's like, all right, I'm in. Let's go to this race. So they go to the race. They compete. While they're there, they meet super hottie Dean. And in exchange for um, him teaching Andy how to be a better racer, Andy's teaching Dean how to be cool with the ladies and he's crushing on this girl named Farron. Oh, they go to an NSYNC concert. Great yes, idea. Yes, they do. Anyway, all the while, Andy is falling in love with Dean, and Dean definitely is falling in love with her, but he's, like, not gay, so he doesn't want to acknowledge it. It's a whole it's a whole queer thing. But let's also acknowledge that right. lake scene. Oh, my God. Then they go to this lake, and they're, he's like, let's swim. And he's immediately, he's like, take your shirt off. And he takes his shirt off, and Andy's like, I can't take my shirt off and show my boobies. Um, it's pretty gay. It was the gayest scene I've ever seen. Um, it was amazing. And then they're, like, frolicking in the water. Very cute. Seriously. Gay. All right, so they're, like, doing all these different racing competitions. Andy's getting a lot better. Um, and then she finally, like places i think third place and her dad shows up dad is no fun dad is like all right pack your shit up we're going home and he found a new racer so in walks renee cartier definitely a real french person oh i forgot that was his last name um and he's a total douchebag so he's all like First of all, he comes in, he's, like, trying to kiss people's hands. He shows up in her bedroom, which is super gross, and he's looking at a cheerleading magazine, and he's, like, like holding it sideways, like, trying to get a better angle. It's very it's, disgusting. Yeah. Um, so, uh, Renee is a total dick, and they know this. So, no one in the family wants Renee to race for them, but whatever, rules are rules, and as we learn throughout the movie, everyone keeps saying girls can't race motorcycles. Um... So, in the end, Renee reveals that uh, she is just a girl, and she's not supposed to be racing, and this is against the rules, but little does he know, mom reads all the rules, and she was like, there's nothing that says a girl can't race, and then they're like, well, she's not a registered writer, and then they're like, well, actually, she is, because she registered as Andy, so she was never lying, and because they're twins, they have the same birthday, so she didn't have to, like, pretend to be him on like any legal papers and then the sponsorship company comes out and the reporters are like are you actually going to uphold your agreement and sponsor this girl but jokes on them because the sponsorship company is run by a woman and she's like uh hell yes so they sponsor andy and the entire carson family um giving them 
money and opportunity to race more people. So in the end, they actually bring on Dean to be a writer for them as well. Very happy ending. All right, so first and foremost, this is a movie about gender roles, which mm -hmm. is very progressive. Um, there's also a little brother character. His name is Jason, and he brings up how he's like learning about feminism in his class, and he's the one who actually like tells his mom that they should let Andy race because he's talking about how women can do anything that men can do, so why can't Andy race? Which is amazing. I think both brothers are really feminist and really supportive of Andy. Truly, they, they want her to succeed in whatever she does. Like, he was, um, what's his name? Andrew was very proud when she won the cheerleading thing, and he's also very proud when she won the motocross thing. Yeah, he's, I think he's like a really good brother. He's, he was like caring for her wounds. <laughs> Did you oh, see yeah. that? When she like and fell her makeup off. was amazing. Yeah. It looked real. Um, so they're both really supportive. So it is, it, it makes you wonder, I guess, how did they become such feminist men with their father being pretty much anti-feminist? I guess like this movie is supposed to be, it seems like about the dad's journey from being a dick to being less of a dick. But he starts off being like, not only is he like, girls can't do this, he's also not interested in the things that girls can do because he gives her no time about this cheerleading thing. He treats her like she's very delicate and she can't do everything that boys do. And it makes me wonder about their relationship, him and his wife, because she's really, she seems like, I mean, obviously she's the best parent in this situation. She's so supportive. And even when it comes to lying to her own husband, which I think is really interesting because that says so much about their relationship that she can't even tell him what's going on. And it's so beautiful that she's like putting her daughter's needs above her own relationship with her husband. Because she's great at what she does. Yeah. And she sees that. She's, she sees it firsthand. I mean, the dad does too, but he just, like you were saying, doesn't give a rat's ass about her. Like I said, I wrote dad sucks. I wrote, yeah, I wrote dad is mean and he hates girls. Yep. This movie's a lot like double teamed. Yes. You know, the dad is very much like um, making the decisions for the family and for the kids. And he, going back, he, the way he talked to Jason and Andrew versus the way he talks to Andy is so different. Like that um, time when they were like going to leave or something like that. And he was like, Jason, when we take things apart, we put it back together. And then there was like, Andrew, blah, 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 do this. And then she was like, Andrea... Like, his tone of voice was right. just very different. Yeah. His parenting skill sucks. What yeah. does he do? And we get this whole little backstory of the mom where she used to be in a band and she loved singing so much, and then she left that entire career for her husband. And it's played off like this was her choice and she wanted to do that and she loves her husband so much. But it kind of makes you look back at the rest of the movie and the way her past informs how she behaves and how she is like going above and beyond doing all these extra things. She's even becoming like the pit crew person, whatever, mm -hmm. for her daughter, which is something she, it seems, hasn't done before. So it makes you wonder like how much agency and like how happy she is in the life she currently has 
where she is just playing that mom role. Yeah, this movie touches a lot of, like, female empowerment. Like you were saying, like, mom and daughter saves the family. And even in that scene where the mom was saying, like, you, you, you don't think you're going to save this family by yourself. Yes. You know what I mean? Like, I'm going to help you. Mm-hmm. And that's... Right, which makes you so wonder memorable. if, like, she was waiting for some... Like, her husband had to go away to Europe for her to have, like, the opportunity to make any decisions for her own family. Okay, now let's rate the characters. Easy. <laughs> yeah, it is easy. I mean... Jason's one. Yes. Jason, the little brother, he... Hands down, saves the movie. <laughs> he's so funny because he, like, somehow behaves like a 1950s, like, middle-aged comedian. Um, he's very cute. He has one-liners. Yeah, so many one-liners. And he's also so smart and, like, good. He does all this mechanic work. He's... How old is he? Like, 10? Gotta be. 11? Something of that And he's sort. supposed to be, like, the best mechanic of the family. Yeah. Which is crazy. He is very supportive mm-hmm. of everyone in his family. He's the voice of reason. Yes. He, he was the voice of reason with mom. And same thing with dad, with, with the whole ice cream scene, when he was all like, do you think I'm a narcissist? Narcissist? What? No, hypocrite. Hypocrite. Um, and he was like, if that's a bad thing, then no. If it's a good thing, then yes, or something like that. Yeah, and he gives a good little, like, sass line to Renee. When they're having, like, dinner all together, and oh then... Andy is like, I'm not hungry, I'm going to bed. And then Andrew, in solidarity, is like, I'm not hungry either, I'm also going to bed. And then Jason's like, yeah, I don't feel good either, I want to hurl. Um, Which is fantastic, makes Renee feel like a dick, because he is. Jason is for sure number one, I think. Jason is number one, I think mom should be number two. Mom is a close second. Yeah. For sure. She is like, she's the hero of the movie, absolutely. And again, like, lying. Like, actively breaking rules to help her family, which Mm -hmm. is revolutionary. I think number three is Andrew. I get that. I get that. But I think also maybe Andy should be on this list higher up. (laughs) She should be. But also, like, her intentions were very good. Mm -hmm. You know, like, the mom kept asking, like, are you doing this for you or are you doing this because you feel bad? Yeah. You know? And, like, what was her answer? It's still a little no, her, her answer was like, whichever one will... Like, Get you to say yes, you yeah. know? Like, so I guess, do we know the answer? Like, does she want to do this? I think she does. I think she does, and I think um, she's sort of using this, her brother being injured, as like a way to explore this. Mm-hmm. And clearly as a way to like explore like her gender identity. Um, but we'll get into that later. Okay, because they're twins, we'll say... Together, Andy and, and Andrew. Andrew. Our number three. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then I'd say number like 300. Is the dad. Is dad. He sucks. And then 301 is Renee. True. <laughs> but where does Dean fit on this list? Because also his intentions were very much, like Dean is up here, right? And then Andy was down here in the first race or whatever. Why do you think that he was trying to help? Right. They race in, like, different... Um, right, 250 like, and 125. Categories. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no idea what that means. I think it's um, feet. Feet? <laughs> okay. I think... It, I don't know what it is. I think it's, like, the, the, how many laps you do. I don't know. You do 250 laps. No, I'm, maybe meters. Okay, okay. Maybe that's a thing. Right. I mean, it's such, like, a, a thin plot either way to have 
someone you don't know going up to another person being like, hey, let's do this, like, quid pro quo if you help me with this. Right. Which is help... It's such, like, a non-tangible thing. Like, help me talk to girls. Mm-hmm. And I'll help you race. Especially when Dean's coach was like, you don't bring the competition in. Mm-hmm. So, like, that should already be his mentality of, like, I'm not going to talk to someone, even though she was he was struggling putting his her motorcycle back in the truck. Right. But then why why help him? Right. I think there's, like, such an immediate chemistry yeah. between them. And I think, I mean, obviously it's acknowledged on Andy's end, but I think there's some deep, like, repression going on for Dean where he he doesn't seem to explicitly acknowledge his growing feelings for Andy. Right. They do that weird hug thing where... Near the end of the movie? Yeah, where it's like they're... I think it's like they're both into it, but Dean pulls away because he doesn't want other people to see. Mm-hmm. And it's really interesting that he's obsessed with this girl who seems like she's written to be very vapid and she just wants to go shopping. She wants to be in walking distance to a mall, which doesn't sound very luxurious, but... Nope. Okay. Um, a galleria, not a mall. A right. galleria. And this whole premise of, okay, well, let's change Dean so that Farron... <laughs> I'm like, it was just... It, it felt a little flat that, like, she, clearly we don't like her. Like, we don't get what's good about her. Mm-hmm. In the end, she's also, like, all over Renee. <laughs> what exactly is Dean seeing in her? I think it's... Like a decom, it's just looks. Right. You know? It could also be that he is, like, questioning his sexuality and... She's around all the time. Yeah, and it's a way to sort of perform heteronormativity, like, if he dates, like, the boss's daughter. Right. Which would be a great sort of status thing for him. That's true. He is afraid. He's, a, he's absolutely afraid of right. his sexuality. Yeah. Especially for that time. And he's so hurt at the end when he finds out that Andy is a girl. I think anyone would be about, like, the lie itself. But it makes you wonder, like, they haven't known each other that long. And this whole movie is, like, about assumptions. It's about, like, I we're all assuming someone's gender identity based on their outward presentation. Mm-hmm. So it's, I don't know, it gets into, like, complicated territory when it's, like being upset about not knowing someone's gender because that's not really your business. Like, that's not someone else's business to decide. I think the... I think it makes sense for him to be um, upset about how he shared, like, feelings with this person. I don't know. It seems really personal to the point where I think he is sort of betrayed because he doesn't want it out in the open. Like, he had these feelings and... And now they can be validated. So maybe he's been carrying around these feelings for Andy and feeling really complicated about them or carrying them like a burden. And then when it's like revealed that she's a girl, then he's like all of a sudden now he can validate these feelings. So he's, I don't know, maybe like that revelation also sort of was just like a heavy emotional thing for him to deal with. Yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, Dean as a character really is complex. I do want to say the two, I'm going to say the two gayest parts of the movie. One is going to be... The lake. 
Yes, the lake. Absolutely. They're, like, frolicking. It's very, like, Brokeback Mountain. Very. Um, just two dudes playing in the water. One has like their shirt off. and, like, they're not even just in the water. They're literally, like, holding each other. Yes, they're, like, hugging. Yeah. Yeah, that's, like, definitely... Flirtatious. T- top gay moment. Mm-hmm. Um, my other favorite gay moment was when... Um, so the mom gets her, like... Um, Pit crew jacket, and then the next time we see them, it's the mom looking super butch with her jacket and like a backwards cap and sunglasses, walking next to Andy, super butch in her like racing outfit, Mm -hmm. and they're just like strutting down the road, so proud of what they've done. Because women are badasses. Yes, it was. This movie is like iconic lesbian power. Going off of what you were saying, like, the juxtaposition of women in this movie, like, you have the mom and Andy, and then you have Farron. You know? Right. Like, complete opposite spectrums. Um, and really, those are the only three women right, and, in the well, movie. there's, there are, like, these periphery girls who are called trophy girls, I think, which means they're just the sort of, like... The manicures? Yeah, they're, like, groupies of motocross, it seems. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, they're sort of just, like, flat and sort of meant to be like this girly stereotype just to I think they just want to like have the juxtaposition of showing Andy having to play um butch so hard and then having all of these women who are obsessed with getting their nails done right also important thing to notice Andy is willing to cut off all of her hair to race but she doesn't remember to take off her nail polish which makes me also wonder about if this is about performing her gender identity, because less about, like, let me actually play my brother, mm-hmm. and more about, like... Let me find myself. Yeah, like, what does she want to do? Because, obviously, all the men reacted, like, whoa, when mm-hmm. they saw her um, nail polish, and she made some, like, silly remark about it. But I don't think you would forget to take it off. see it every day. Yeah. Also, tangent, um... Do you like how that guy who was all like, nice manicure, dude. Like, the, the guy literally knew what to say. Like, manicure. Right. You know what I mean? Not nice nails. You I know? know. When he first said it, when he's like, nice manicure, dude, I wanted her to just be like, thank you. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's awesome. Yeah, what's the question? There was no question. <laughs> oh, wait. No, 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 no. Another gay moment, um, and we're going to get on this, is when Dean was working with Auntie, one thing he says is, I'm going to work you so hard till you can't get out of bed. <gasps> Do you not, re- like, like you can't get out of bed or something like that. That wasn't, like, verbatim. Did you not, how did that, like, oh my bypass God. you? Like, I missed that one. That was amazing. The only quote I have from him is, take your shirt off, and <laughs> which is very gay. <laughs> and then also, when, um, a- after that scene, he, like, drops her off to um, her mom, and he's like, I had a great time too. And he, and he bites his lip after. It was like the most erotic thing I've ever seen. I mean, this Dean is a thirsty motherfucker. Yeah. Because that's all he wants. He he wants a girl, poor guy. I, mean, I think he just needed to get laid. Do you, do you think he's a high schooler too? I am so confused about the ages of everyone Same. in this movie. Except Jason. Because we know that he's a child. Yes. I don't know. I I get the picture that he's like a few years older than her. So like in college? Ew. I don't know. I don't think so. I I could see him being like 17. Eight, 18. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe she's like 
17. Oh, okay. 16, 17. It's hard to tell because they none of them look like children, so I'm like, True. I can't tell what they're trying to do, and they're not in school. And, and the other racers are, like, in their 30s. Right, and they're, like, professionally racing. I know, I'm like, is this some, like, is their season just in the summer? I don't, I don't know anything about motocross moto season yeah okay you can tell you about baseball going back to how awful the father is um his line i will be the laughing stock did, did you know yeah. that emphasis on that because of andy literally being a girl riding a bike right and it doesn't even matter that she's good at it yeah where it's like okay are you still the laughing stock if she wins everything yeah he's telling andy like because you're a girl you can't be doing this stuff mm-hmm. and that he will look bad in front of his friends. Yeah, and they have and this... there's nothing to gloat about. They have this, like, heart-to-heart at the end where he's like, I always wanted a girl because I didn't want her to race, which is just, like, he... I mean, obviously, like, most people, but it's like there's such an imposition of, like, gender roles and what it means to be a girl and what kinds of things you can like when you're a girl Yeah. that he puts onto his family. And I love that the mom brings up at the end... Hey, if you're worried about her getting hurt, aren't you just as worried about your son getting hurt? And why wouldn't you let them both, like, take that risk? Right. Like, what's the difference? What was his response? Like, what wasn't it like because and- Andrew's a boy? No, I think he just had like a meaningful thought glance. <laughs> I, I think that got to. I him. also really like um, that scene because he got a spoon out getting ready to eat the ice cream, and then she put the cat back on and put it back in the freezer. <laughs> Ooh, that. She I did not. She was... She is truly so in charge of that entire family. Yeah. But it is clouded over how awful of a father he is. Right, and it's crazy how much work she has to do to make up for him, and, like, how she's there to teach him lessons as if they're... Like, they're not equals, which is crazy. Mm-hmm. Like, she's carrying the emotional weight and health of this family and he still thinks that women are inferior when at the end um she has to like spell things out for him about renee she's like hmm well what kind of how would you describe your daughter doesn't she get along with everyone and he says that and it takes him sort of being scolded or being like dragged to the truth that he can't even he doesn't even recognize that Renee is just like a straight up dick to to everyone. Right. It's weird that he cares so much about this one sponsorship and Renee. Like he cares more about that than his family. I mean, I don't think he actually likes him. I think he puts up with him. Like he just like puts up with Renee. Puts up with Renee for again this one sponsorship which makes me think how much is actually riding on this, I guess financially. I think a lot. It's yeah. got to be a lot because then because then the factory, they get the factory so that they get more parts and then they don't have to keep going to Jimmy. Also, an amazing character. Um, to Jimmy, buy Jimmy is definitely a stoner for sure. Oh, hands down. Um, hi, he had his driving glasses, remember? Yeah. Yikes. <laughs> Yikes. Um, so like, I think with the sponsorship, with the factory parts and all that stuff, like they don't have to work in their garage anymore. And I think mm-hmm. that they can like build on top of that. Yeah, that, that's what is the driving force for the dad. And yeah, it's true. He doesn't care about the family. Like, will Renee, if if they got it with Renee, would Renee still be a rider with them under Carson Riders, you know? Right. He might. I don't know. I feel like either way, at some point, he would have been fired because, like... He pushed Andy. Well, yeah, but if that didn't happen still, I think either way, he would have been fired because he's such a dick and because 
he was just there to be Andrew's replacement. So once Andrew's like all better, I think he would have been kicked out anyway. He walked into their, this really bothered me. He gets off the bike, he throws the bike down when they're practicing, and he walks into their house. With the boots on. Yeah, with his muddy racing boots. That was like so rude. Yeah. I was so happy when she sprayed him in the face with the water. With the water. Me too. That was so good. We have a lot of contenders for our number one yikes moment. Which Um, was I don't want to include Renee pushing Andy because I think that's a given that that's the worst moment. I don't know. So much of Renee is so gross. I mean, going into her bedroom and like lying on her bed without her permission, really disgusting. One of the grossest moments was when Andy is doing dishes and Renee walks in and he's like, oh, finally you're doing something like this is where you belong, basically. Mm Mm-hmm. Which was, I think, the grossest line. Yeah, that's that, that, that that's in my like top two, top yeah. three for sure. Anything with Renee is any is yikes. Okay, there is this one moment early on where Andy's like sneaking into her house with her um, racing outfit. Oh, okay, okay, yeah, that is a yikes too. And she, her mom's like, "What's that? What are those clothes you have there?" And she's like, "Oh, I'm just gonna donate them to the poor, just the, the poor. poor." I'm like, how? How are you identifying the poor, the right. poor people? And her mom's like, oh, good for you, honey. That was, that, that was, was that was pretty yikes. The movie itself generalized all girls liking NSYNC. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay, so there's that. Right, because it's, it's one thing if it's just about sort of gender roles and what kinds of things girls are supposed to like. And she can like motocross and be a girl and identify as a girl. And mm-hmm. I think that is a lot of what's going on. But I don't know. She really she really hams up the like being a dude thing to the point where I do think there is some sense of enjoyment in it and just it being like gender play. Mm-hmm. And I don't know. It makes me wonder like how things would... Ha- how things would be in her life moving forward because I don't think this was like just an experience that happened and then now she'll just be girly again and still do motocross. I think, I don't know, I think there's something there to how she behaved when she was a boy that she had like a freedom and something that was like an establishment for her and Dean's relationship because that's how they interacted and that's how they liked to interact, like being two dudes. Right. So... There is something there where it's like, I think that's going to be a big component of their relationship that they're obviously going to have at the end of the movie. Yeah. Which still isn't even defined at the end of the movie. Yeah. I know. I don't think we even get a kiss from them. No. Ugh. We don't. That's tragic. Because it's Disney Channel original movie. You can't have two boys kissing. But they could kiss at the end. In 2001. Maybe now. Oh my gosh, if they kissed as boys, that would have been legendary. It would have really, then they would have to, then he would have to address, like Dean would have to address his sexuality if they had kissed And I guess they didn't have enough time. Yeah, and they probably didn't want to get into it. Right. I think they got away with so much of this gender fuckery because it's based on Twelfth Night. Like Twelfth Night, which is like an inherently queer text. Did you know that it was based on Twelfth Night when you first watched it back in 2001? I didn't. Yeah. I didn't know what Twelfth Night was. I didn't know what Twelfth Night was. I was like seven years old. (laughs) Were you really seven? Maybe eight. 
We were babies when this came out. I recorded this on a VHS. Me too! Yeah, I did not know what Twelfth Night was, so no way to know that. Yeah. I think it's just like, it's a fun story and obviously it gets retold a lot. Okay, so we finished our yikes moments. <laughs> what was your favorite moment in the movie? I'll go first. Okay, so hats off to the cinematography in the motor shop. That mirror scene oh, is phenomenal. Yes. Because it wasn't just, yeah, they were both standing there. Um, so basically, like, the mom was, like, trying on a shirt, looking at um, at herself in the mirror, sees Andrew on crutches and Andy, literally both standing there wearing the exact same thing. Jason was in front of them. She turns around and only sees Andrew, and behind Andrew is another mirror. Yes. And then when she looks back at the mirror she first looked at them, you can kind of see how they, how she could have thought. Yeah. That there were two different people. Right, because you just see another reflection of Andrew. Right. I know. I kind of want to go back and, and look at that slower because it is a good. Yes, that is one of my favorite parts of the movie. But that entire scene is just funny because yes. when Andrew spotted Andy in that shop, Andy literally hid in a dressing room. Knock, knock, knock. I'm changing, dude. Yeah. Andrew just opens the door. Yeah. Like, I was like, okay, great, perfect. How do you also know that that was Andy, you know? And I think that's a twin thing. I think it's like a, like, he just knew it was her immediately. But also, and, um, that, again, going off of my favorite part, how quick did she have to run away when the mom was turning around? Yeah. You know, because where would she hide? Yeah. Back in the dressing room. I mean, obviously, it's cinematography. That it's whole scene is like high shenanigans, and it's also her debut as as a dude, which oh, yeah. is so fun. It's the first time we see her. We, I kind of, I think it's interesting that we don't even like see her go through the haircut process. Mm -hmm. I think that's kind of really cool because in any other movie, there's this, I don't know, there's this huge thing I think with girls and their hair. And I think it could have been really easy to show a scene of her like crying and cutting off her hair. But what's really cool about this is that it seems to not have bothered her at all. No. Like, she just did it, and, like, she was so committed to it. And I think, again, I think it's, like, a way for her to explore how she wants to present herself. Mm -hmm. Because, I mean, I'm going to have to say that she liked it. I would think so. Because even at the end, I mean, obviously, what's she going to do? Like, wear a wig? No. No. Um, but even then, the mom was all like, let's go to the salon to see if they can fix this. How do you fix that? I know. You can't just add hair to someone. Right. And they also just like made it weirder when they like styled it. They made her, I don't know, when they like tried to style it in a girly way, it was like, no, this is a butch haircut and it needs to be oh, that yeah. way. That's a good moment. I think my favorite <laughs> moment is still just Dean biting his lip after <laughs> saying he had a good time too. Also... I love how the mom is, like, such a good wing woman. She's like, ooh, Dean is so cute. Ooh, let me excuse myself so you guys have time alone together. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you never really get that from moms. Yeah. Maybe she's like, oh, well, while Andy is dressed as a boy, like, nothing crazy is going to happen. True. Um, <laughs> but little does she know. Yeah. She doesn't know how gay Dean is. Nope. They really don't. She really doesn't. Let's talk about the cover of motocrossed how we have dean andrew and pierre 
all standing up. Renee? In, oh, what, what did I say? Pierre? <laughs> Dean, Andrew, and Renee standing up, giving, like, mug face, you yeah. know? And then you have Andy squatting down, smiling. Yeah. You know? Which is really weird because... I'm She's like, the main focus of the movie. Yeah, and I'm honestly, like, why is Renee even on the picture? He right. shouldn't be there. He, absolutely not. He's not even a supportive character. I would have liked if they had, like, a cutesy, like, parent trap, like, back-to-back with her and, and her Andrew. Yeah. But, like, that's... That poster really just defines, like, masculinity and... The fact that, quote unquote, boys are better. Because mm-hmm. why would you shove the main character on a lower level? Yeah. Lower plane. Something I really like about this movie, though, is that they're pretty explicit. Like, all the bad behavior is coded as bad behavior. So they're never excusing um, people being misogynists. Even the dad, like... We're not supposed to like him. We're not on his side. So when he says all these things that are um, really offensive to his daughter, to his family, we're not rooting for him, and the movie's not excusing him. So in that way, I think this movie is a lot more progressive than a lot of other movies because like 99% of their yikes moments are there on purpose to highlight a real issue to like highlight misogyny and what it looks like and how how men behave towards women. And that's what I think a lot of old Disney Channel original movies do. They highlight a lot of issues that we as kids never really thought about or talked about, but it would spark a conversation. Yeah. It should have. But I'm curious, like, moving forward when we watch other things to see how everything else holds up. Because I think no matter what, it's like they're so dated. Like, there's going to be a lot of yikes moments. And I wonder if all of them are explicit. Like, the writers put them in on purpose. And how many of the things are going to be just consequences of the time in which they were written and who wrote them. True. But also look at movies like True Confessions, you know, with... Shia LaBeouf as an autistic right. boy. Yeah. I don't know if we should do that one. That one's a big yikes. That is um, a big yikes. And then there's The Color of Friendship, you know. Right. Which I I haven't seen in a long time, so I think we're going to go back to it. And I think it's going to be a lot more yikes. Not on purpose. Not on purpose, yeah. Even though it it's handling, like, such a huge, serious issue. Mm-hmm. I do have to say, though, this was co-written by a woman, and I think that probably explains why... um, I think that explains why the movie handles misogyny so well. It's, like, clearly from a woman's perspective and someone who's, who's lived through it, and they talk about it a lot in the sense of... A lot of the movie is around, like, what women aren't allowed to do. Yes, sir. The most important notes I have are, mom gets a jacket and now everyone is butch. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing you need to know about this movie is it's about a butch hottie. Yeah, she is 
hot as a man and a hot as a female. If anything, more attractive when she's playing her brother. Yeah. Honestly, we should talk about everyone's hair moments because, oh my gosh, 2001 hair was bananas. True. Yeah, because they really did try to, like, give that hairstyle in the beginning something. They try to, like, volumize it and give it this weird texture and it just didn't look right on her. Oh, her long hair? Her long hair. I think that might have been a wig. No, that was her actual hair and then she had to cut it off on... (gasps) She actually cut off her hair in the movie. So they couldn't go back and do retakes. They could have just done a wig. Um, the mom has a strange sort of helmet of hair that's mm-hmm. also layered weird. It seems every single guy character has this like proto, like almost a mullet going on in the back. Like their hair at the nape of their neck is like just a little bit longer and like sticking out. Um, and then and it has, bangs. then they have the big swoop sticking out in the front mm-hmm. and all like spiked up. But that's what looked good in 2001. It did look good. And people rocked it. Honestly, Dean looked good still. Have you seen, um, what the brother looks like now? Andrew yeah. or Jason? Andrew. No. Andrew aged very well. Ooh. Let me see if I can find a picture. I'm like, how old is Jason? He must be a real adult. Well, yeah. <laughs> What is this movie called? The Motor Across Moto. Like, he still looks the same. Look at that. Look at that headshot. Back Aww. in 2009. Oh, that's, that's 10 years ago. Oh, my God. Scott Tara. He also still looks the same. Oh. Oh, my God. How old is he? He was born in 1987. He's <gasps> 32. Oh, my God. He's... I think... I think he hit his peak. In that time, because he it did. says that he is five foot four, and he looked like he was five foot four in that movie too. He did. Good for him. Love a short king. Really though. I think this was probably for. What's her name? Alana. Alana. Alexis Alana. Alana Alexis. One of those. <laughs> no. Yeah, Alana. Alana Austin. I think. This was probably such an amazing role for Alana Austin, like to. I mean, I don't really know what she did before this, but to get this role where you get to do so much, Mm -hmm. like, I I don't know. It definitely showed a lot. Like, she was really, really leaning into, like, being a dude bro. And I think it really worked. I think she did a great job. I felt like we, like, talked about key points of that movie, and we hit on hard. We worked it so hard, we're not going to get out of bed. (laughs) I'm gonna work you too. You can't get out of bed. I'm gonna work you so hard that you can't get out of bed. Ew. He said that. Yeah, we we did. We we analyzed that movie. <laughs> we did. We analyzed that movie. I think we had really good material this week, and I think we're gonna have great material moving forward. I mean, we have a Disney Plus, so we have all the movies. This is, we are not endorsed by Disney. But I mean, if you want to, please. (laughs) Please, we're two broke people in New York City. But thanks for listening. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Dun, 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 dun. And we're we're watching watching a a Disney Disney Channel Channel movie. Oh. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck.